to the right. Mariota drops. Steps up. He can run a long way. 2021 Tennessee Titans season we'll come to that um it wasn't the best start let's be clear Adam Greg Harry Miles are all with you we might argue a bit we might get depressed a bit um we're going to try and bring some positives as well though um firstly how are we all um are we all good other than football related reasons obviously outside of the Titans I'm I'm about as happy as I can be but uh that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the depressing blow of Sunday and and then how we're going to get through that blow and how we're still going to go 16-1. and one. Inside two minutes, the word depressing has come out. Um, Had to be put out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Miles, you said we oh. were going to go 17-0. and 0. Um, How's that going to work? Well, I'm completely misunderstood how many games we played, and I meant to say we were going to win 16 games this season and completely forgot about the additional game, you see. So I still stand by that we'll win 16 games. OK, that's that's what I like to hear. Um, Harry, how are you doing? Um, I mean, a, hopefully your mood's somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, mainly for, for, you know, BBC rights um, balance, you know, I probably should be in the middle somewhere. But um, no, I think, to be honest, I'm not as down on the Titans as I think a lot of Titans Twitter is at the moment. Um, and as a, lot of, uh, as a lot of people are at the moment, I think it was just week one, you can't really judge too much. And we're, we're hopefully have some positives at the end of this to bring into Seattle. But we're, uh, we'll see how Greg feels about the rest of that. Going to be clutching at straws. Going to be clutching at straws on that one. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll come to Seattle, but let's start with week one um, at home. Nashville, the stadium sounded like it was rocking. Um, and well, regardless of anything else, it was great to see a full stadium. Great to see so many fans back. Um, obviously, Titans Twitter, the mood rapidly descended from kickoff. But at kickoff, it was it was pretty high. People were, People were happy. People were... I understand that there were $2 beers from 10 a.m. till 11.30. So that may have affected the mood. That may have affected the mood later on as well, possibly. (laughs) Um, But at at kickoff, everything seemed seemed great. First play from scrimmage, um, Derek Henry sized down about four yards uh, behind the line. And it didn't get much better for quite a while on offense. Shall we start there? Greg, I feel like, instinctively you're the person to go to um the offensive line looked horrible from the very first snap and didn't really get much better yeah precisely that i think you have to put maybe not the whole game but certainly a lot of it down to the offensive line and you've got to give credit to arizona i mean they the game plan for them was was to try and put as much pressure as possible on Tannehill and as much pressure on the line as possible to to stop him from being able to to throw the ball and then any running plays it was just being snuffed out straight away. There was no gaps being created. Um, but the, we talked a little bit last week about you know how the the right tackle spot we didn't know exactly who the start was going to be. I don't think at this point last week, but you know between 
Questenbury, Lamb and Sambrello, we all sat there and all said, this gives us nightmares. But we all still thought, ah, don't worry about it. We'll stick Swain next to them. You know, they can they can double double team Jones or JJ Watt. And it just, just crumbled in front of us on Sunday. Didn't give Tannehill any opportunity really to make any kind of play. That's the only positive I have from Sunday is that Tannehill isn't in a hospital bed li- laid up with, with some serious injury because I think he must have got, well, he got sacked six times, seven times, and must have been hit several times other than that as well. But I'm putting this down 100% to the offensive line. I don't think defensively, we'll come to that in a minute, but I don't think defensively it was, it was, it was great by any stretch of the imagination, but you have to, you have to put the blame on, on, on the offensive line, especially the outside of it with Luan was nowhere near ready. I don't care what anyone says. He, he looked rusty. He didn't look at anywhere near himself. And on the other side, we just got absolutely bullied. Um, Lamb and, and Questenbury in particular just didn't look anywhere near the level they need to be. And something needs to be done about that pretty much now. I wouldn't be waiting around. Week one is a, is a massive alarm bell that should have gone off in, in Robinson's head and Vrabel's head. Um, and maybe something will be done this week, but certainly needs to be done pretty quick because... Seattle coming up, which we'll talk about in a in a minute. You know, it doesn't get doesn't get any easier. There's a, another mobile quarterback we've got to deal with um, on the defensive side of the ball and the on the offense side of things. It's a, a defensive line that dominated the Colts, who have a better O line than we do. So it's going to be an interesting week. Uh, interesting to see how they adapt, but something needs to be done on that right tackle spot for sure. It's it's sometimes hard to tell in week one in, about anyone in the NFL. It's hard to really work out whether this was just the Titans O-line crumbling pathetically or whether the Cardinals front few, front seven, however, did well, they didn't need seven, did they? <laughs> Most of the time, they needed pretty much J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones. Uh, but whether it was just them being incredible, the truth is it's probably a bit of both. And when you look at look at the Seahawks for next week um, they were up against the Colts it looked like they were giving them some trouble and the, the Colts O-line's better than ours um, we'll speak to we'll speak to Russ later in the podcast about the Seahawks and what he thinks whether he thinks that they're going to be just as dominant as the Cardinals but it's worrying regardless you know I think the initially it looked like the right side was falling apart and then later in the game it seemed like the left side was falling apart um, I don't I mean Ben Jones had a good game. Can I say that? <laughs> um, but not not many. I mean, I, actually, the interior is probably okay. I think the issue is more with the tackles. Um, I'm kind yeah. of all right with Saffold, Jones, and Davis. Um, but yeah, Mars. I mean, uh, offensively, it well, it was our fourth drive, I think, where we got a first down, and that was from a trick play. Um, it did get a bit better. Um, are are you concerned? Um, well, other than the O line, about any offensive bits and pieces. Um, no, I think there were there were moments during the game where we I think we all went through the pattern of all, oh, what was the point in getting Julio and we're saying that we have AJ Brown, Julio Jones and Derek Henry and how can anyone stop us? And the obvious answer is what we said on our um, with a few of our tweets is that. Everything runs for your offensive line at the end of the day. If you've got no time on the ball, it doesn't matter what receivers you have and it doesn't matter what running backs you have, you're not going to make the plays that you try and plan for. Um, I think with Seattle, I actually do think their defence might allow a few more plays than what Arizona did. I mean, Chandler Jones is an amazing player. I mean, someone that before the game we could have highlighted and said was going to cause us trouble, but I mean, to have, what, three sacks in the first quarter is a little bit embarrassing. And Taylor Lewan's done his tweet to say it's humbled him, which, I mean, I think he must have took advantage of the discounted beers early on in the day, and that maybe explained what happened to his game. Um, but no, going forward, I don't... Listen, AJ Brown is a star in this league. Um, he's shown when we've managed to get a bit of time on the ball and throw it to him, he's going to go up and make plays. Julio Jones had a couple of drops, made a couple of silly mistakes. He's, he made a couple of nice grabs, actually. Yeah, exactly. Say. He he still made some good plays. He's Everyone's expecting him to come in and solve the... Well, I say solve the issue. There wasn't so much an issue on offense. 
but you can't expect someone to come in straight away and just instantly be the saviour and we're just going to straight away win every game comfortably. It was always going to be a difficult game. We said that both teams had the potential of scoring a lot of points. That's what Arizona did on us. The difference was is that their defence affected our own line so much that we couldn't score as many points. That's what it came down to. I think going forward, there is an immediate, I think we need to make a change on the line. I think the way they've moved Julio's contract about, I'd expect to see some free agent signings soon. And if we don't, then there's going to be a lot to answer for because I think you even saw in the Super Bowl last year what happened with Tampa with Kansas. Patrick Mahomes is an elite quarterback, but the moment that Tampa Bay messed up that whole line, it didn't matter. They couldn't do anything. And it's going to be a long season if that's how it's going to be. So I think immediately that's going to be um, something that needs looking at. But in terms of the actual offensive players, they're, they're all big enough and talented enough players to make plays. They just need the opportunity. Um, Neil's not here this week, and I know he's he had reservations from straight away about the Julio trade. Um, it will, I'm sure when he's next on, we'll get into that. Um, but I, I don't think... I mean, well, there's one incident which we'll talk about in a minute, um, but I don't think we can put that much blame on Julio and he's probably only been targeted four or five times. You know, how many times did Tannehill actually get a pass off? And that that's that's the issue. You can't you can't blame any weapons if you know the level of production isn't there. Um, yeah, and and not speaking for Nil, but I think that's his issue isn't Julio Jones himself. I think his issue is that no, money no. should have been spent elsewhere so that Tannehill can get those passes off. But look, we had Dennis Kelly. We'll come to this again at some point. We've been here, there and everywhere around it. But there was games last year where we didn't have Luan and we had players like Questenbury starting or, or Sambrello starting. Um, and it didn't feel like it impacted us as much as it did on Sunday. So so what what's changed? Is it... Is it a case of, you know, Arizona were just, just much better on the day and, and absolutely it was just an off day, I don't know. But I think if we don't do something about that tackle position, then you've reached a ceiling in terms of realistically what can we expect this year. This is a vision that's up for grabs. Even if you lose seven, eight games, you, it's still up for grabs because I think there's teams in this division who, you know, it could end up being a bit like the NFC was it NFC East of of last year, for example? The Texans are leading the division. Says it all, right? Yeah. And but the thing is, something needs to be done, and I'd much rather than go and actually do that right now, rather than sit on it for a couple more weeks, thinking, "Oh, this is going to be okay." We could go to Seattle this coming week, win the game, everything seems dandy, but that problem is still going to be there, and that's why I want to see something about it. We've got no problem cutting kickers left, right, and centre, and keep bringing in more and more people from you know, from the dole line into into our team, which is, we're more than happy to do that. Yet when it comes to, on the offensive line, it doesn't seem like there's been any movement as of so far. And something needs to be done. If this is a win-now win mentality... There's been plenty of movement, movement just before the snap. You know, for example, Kendall Lamb on the left-hand side. You know, he's perfectly happy to move a couple of seconds before the ball snapped. That's not a problem. I think, but, so, like, looking at... The way to go forward wouldn't necessarily be to get free agent signings. Uh, I think that window's kind of gone. If you're going to trade for it, trade for it. But, you know, people have mentioned Swartz out there. Okay, I kind of see where they're coming from. But there's a, there's a lot of risk with that, even if you do. You know, he's an injured right tackle. He doesn't really make sense with our kind of style. But if you look at the way that Arthur Smith and and previous offensive coordinators, Matt LaFleur, really highlight Conklin. He left the Titans to chip. It's clever play calling that I think that we're we're not necessarily having at the moment, which is the issue. It's not necessarily like, okay, our, our right tackle at the moment is gas. It's awful. He's getting lit up on every play. Lawan looked like he was injured half the game. You're probably going to have to bleep that out. I'm really sorry. <laughs> You're going to have to, like... He, he looks injured, but it's putting tight ends and players in where they can chip and hold and give the quarterback that extra second to let your primary t target get open. And if we're not doing that as an offensive line and as a, a team, then we're failing that quarterback. And we can say all we want about, OK, we never got the run game going this game. That never happened. You know, second half, OK, Henry had a couple of gains, but nothing. You never felt like he was going to break it big. 
that never happened in this game. You know, I know there was one play I think in the third quarter where he he got a we were right back deep and he got sort of 20, 30 yards and it was just into secondary and I thought here we go, here we go and he just got clipped. Yeah, um, that but was one. You, you look at it from that that standing. I think we need to work out a way to give that O line a much more protection than what I thought we needed to as a team. And if we do that, then I think then you can let your your offensive weapons of the Julio Joneses once they get a bit more married up with time with Tannehill, the AJ Brown and the Henrys of this world, maybe even a little Ferkser, you know, mainly for my fantasy teams who have annoyed Greg by drafting him. I don't mind. You know, you need to you need to give that little second of time to have that that gap that we just didn't have in that first game. I don't think we're gonna go out and do the the big right tackle signing. I don't think we're gonna go out and do a big you know, tight end trade. I just don't see it happening. Although the restructure has happened. Personally, I don't, because I don't know who to go after this. That's worthwhile at this point. A part of me thinks that we've got to do something. We've got to try something. If we don't, we did the Julio trade. We've, we've done other moves that suggest we're going all in with this team. Um, maybe on the evidence of week one, it's not, it's not ready to do that. And we might miss a window, but I kind of feel I don't want to die wondering. You know, you said, you know, about Schwartz might be a gamble, but we're in a position where we, we've got to gamble, haven't we? I, don't, I just think... As, as a free agent, I think you probably do. I think it's different if you're trying to trade for a for a tackle from another team and you've got to give up other you know, early draft picks in, in future drafts. I think that's a slightly different one where they might think, oh, is it worth it? But as a free agent, just pay the guy, give him some money, say, come in, come in and improve that. If if he is a complete dud because his back is completely done in from from his KC days, at least you've given it the best shot you can. But the problem is, is that every single year we talk about, you know, we we last year Henry got shut down in the playoffs against against the Ravens, and then we didn't quite have enough going on outside of that. You're basically relying on AJ Brown. Now we don't have that reliance on AJ outside of Derek. You've got other options, but the issue for us is. is getting Tannehill the time to be able to do what he needs to do. And the other issue is, and you talked about play calling, Harry, and I think you are bang on a little bit with this, is you there was no way near a quick enough change in terms of, OK, we're getting absolutely bossed up front. Let's get the ball out quicker. Let's, let's try something that is going to you know, throw them off a little bit. And I don't think we saw that until I th- far I th- too I late think, into the game. Yeah, I think we saw that a little bit in the second half. Um, but the problem with that is that's, that's not where we're best. You know, we're we're not a get the ball out quickly kind of team. We're a play action kind of team. You know, play action is our, our biggest We've biggest run play threat. Action with twice in the entire game. Well, quite quiet, but we couldn't because we just couldn't run it because every time we tried it, you know, there's up. pressure instantly yeah. on Tannehill because of that extra few seconds. You part well, not even a few seconds. Um, so it wasn't adapt. working. You have to adapt, and you have to adapt in the way of saying, okay, this isn't going to work because we're just going to get blown up in the backfield before we even get a chance to get the ball out. So we're going to have to try something different. And even if you are picking up, you know, eight-yard gains on a on a quick pass because you're getting the ball out quick enough that doesn't mean your quarterback's on his backside, then so be it. I'd much rather pick up eight-yard gains than than get sacked seven times or eight times or happened it was in the day in the end. But something needed to change. And ultimately, it took far too long for changes to be made. And even when it was made, at that point, it's desperation. You're so far behind that... You know, you want you need to take deeper shots downfield, and you haven't got the time to do that. We said at the beginning of this season that, you know, there was how are you going to stop Hudo Jones, AJ Brown, and Derek Henry? How are you how are you going to do all of that? And the re- reality is, is that teams will key on on one or two of those players each each game. You need to find the ones that are being open and having those lanes to either run or have the routes that you want and get the ball out to him in, in that moment. And I think, you know, you, you raised a good point there of that we took too long to work out exactly who that person was and how to get that person open. And then by that point, the game had sailed us by. And if we don't do that in future weeks, I can see similar viewing going on, which will be... You barely, you, you barely needed to block those guys over the weekend because before Tannehill has even got the ball in his hands, he's got Chandler Jones, JJ Watt breathing down his neck. So I don't think it really matters on whether you can get any of those guys open 
yes, it helps, obviously, because but on, on Sunday, it wouldn't have made a difference because Tannehill wasn't getting a split second to make any decision whatsoever. He just had to go with what what he could, and, and that's why we struggled. That's why he ended up on his backside more often than not, and that's why you know we scored. I can't remember how many points it was in the first half, but I think the touchdown we scored from AJ was off the back of the interception with a short field. So it just wasn't... I mean, it was a horror show on Sunday, but you know we know we're not going to have them every single week. The biggest problem is, is with Seattle coming up, we've got another mobile quarterback who's not afraid to to kind of do what Kyler Murray did. And we can't take anything away from Kyler Murray on the on the day. I mean, he, as much as you can criticise areas of the defence, he just he absolutely balled out. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Cardinals in general are absolutely superb, but this isn't the Cardinals podcast. Um, as, as much as it, it would be nice to say, yeah, we were amazing. They were just so much better. That, I don't think that's the full picture. No, not at all. Before, I just want to come back to this this thing with Julio. Now, I know this, the Titans media like to blow these things out of proportion, but um, we have a head coach who says what he thinks. Um, and at times you can't quite believe what comes out of his mouth. Now, asked about this, and it was, it was a killer penalty, the, the personal foul from Julio, um, just on a play where we actually started to get a bit of momentum. One of the, fir- the first plays of the game where we did. And, you know, suddenly you're back 15 yards. We didn't even get the down again because it was after the play. Uh, Absolute, absolute lunacy. Vrabel's asked about it and frankly throws Julio under the bus. Now, maybe it's one of these things we should just ignore. And it's Mike Vrabel being Mike Vrabel. He'll say he'd bollock Julio in private. He'll do it happily in public. Maybe it's just one of those things and, and they move on. But should... Should there be any concern that these kind of quotes are coming out in the media? I think it's um, a sort of classic, actually, we've had a really bad game. Let's try and use the media to our advantage to try and look away from the entirety of what happened and try and pinpoint on little individual things. Vrabel called an awful game. Um, The team didn't show up. But it's very easy, rather than making it seem like a really drastic thing, to sort of pinpoint little individual moments of a game. And that's how I see it. I, I see it as a, let, let's make it, let's make it a little news story. He's probably gone to Julio and said, I won't be shocked if he's gone to him and said, listen, I'm going to say this in the news. I don't mean it, um, but it's now going to become a news story that everyone thinks about that. And we just move on. So I think to me, it's, I don't see it as a concern, but to me, it's just Rabel just, I'm losing a little bit of patience with the way that him and the rest of the team are acting. But to me, that's all it is. It's just a, uh, something out of nothing to try and take away from what's happened. Who's disagreeing with Vrabel, though? I mean, it was it was done. The penalty oh, was uh, done. Abs- absolutely. I mean, but it's not the sort of thing that head coaches normally say in a, in a press conference like that. No, but I mean, you've either got a Bill Belichick who's just going to sit there and say the same line over and over and over, which won't criticise any individual and he'll do it all in-house. Vrabel isn't that kind of that kind of head coach. He's someone who will just say things as he sees them. The biggest problem is that you do have media that will just blow it all out of proportion. He goes and says that about, let's just say for argument's sake, Michael Pruitt, no one's going to bat an eyelid. Because he said it about Julio, it's got national media involved of, ah, the head coach of the Titans is calling Julio Jones dumb for this. And it doesn't help because... All it does is, as, as you said, Miles, it does deflect away from where the core issues were. Yes, that penalty was exactly that. It was dumb and it, it probably killed that drive, but it wasn't the reason that we lost that game. The reason we lost that game were many other issues on top of that, <laughs> no, that we've there, already there discussed. So, a lot of games we've lost in the past where you could say, oh, what if we hadn't done this or what if we hadn't done that? Um, there needed to be 20 things like things like that on Sunday. I'll give you another one. Um, just before halftime, two-minute drill moving down the field, fourth and one, attempt a field goal. That's not that's not how you're coming back into this game. <laughs> that's Which, an equivalent of punting for, uh, fourth and one. Oh, for, I mean, that, that, that was worse. It was almost worse. Um, and, I mean, it, yeah, in, in isolation, it wouldn't matter. But there needs to be so, so many things like that. Um, but at the risk of, I mean, I, th- I think this is one of those chats we could be here all night long bemoaning lots of lots of little things we've bemoaned some big things um there must be some positives to take though um and we can find them you know we we can do it 
honestly. I've, I've sort of found some. Um, half an inch I don't mean oh, it's out the way or <laughs> anything <laughs> well, like half that. A, I mean, half of it is positive Titans and half of it is you have got to look at what else has happened in the league on week one. And I know I said last year the Jags won week one and then look what happened. Aaron Rodgers got benched in the third quarter in week one that's just happened, having failed to score against the Saints. Uh, Arthur Smith, the offensive genius, has just failed to score against the Eagles. Mars, um, Mars, these aren't positives. You're just saying that our negatives aren't as bad as other teams' negatives. No, I'm just trying to say that week one <laughs> didn't count. No, um, it's a positive. Yes. Okay. Okay. Houston won. That's another thing. Week one can't count because just, it can't. But no, yeah, Fulton yeah. to me was a big positive. I oh, think uh, seeing yeah, the way that Fulton performed. Yeah, yeah. Jeffrey Simmons is still continuing to grow as we're expecting them to. Defensively, we weren't a shambles. I didn't leave that game gone. The defense lost us that game at any point. There were moments where, and I'm calling him Janoris Jenkins until he does something right because he doesn't deserve any other name that he wants. He's getting yeah. Janoris. Um, I'm not impressed, but hey. well, it's, I'm, It, it I'm was one-on-one on one against Hopkins a lot, and I know, well, he's... Yeah, he's, there is that, but there's also fundamental tackling. Um, I had, I've had my opinions on Kevin Bayard, which, um, again, I'm sort of going to let the season go through, but I feel more and more often teams are targeting him for a reason. His interception, I could have intercepted the ball. Let's not make it out as if it was an incredible play by him. I think um, we all but, want to see that, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. l- listen, I'm already, I'm fully prepared for right tackle, as we all know. I'm 6'6", six, six and I'm doing nothing very well. Get on the phone. I'll show him what to do. Um, but, yeah, I think no, Seriously, was do really... get on the phone. Um, oh, we, I need a, we need a right tackle desperately. I, I, listen, I can take on Dunlap next week in Seattle. Jamal Adams, I can throw him into next week. Um, I've got to hold him. 2.5, you can take it even way you want. I think <laughs> holding on miles 2.5, I'm taking the over all day. <laughs> I won't false start, I promise you that. I'm not that quick <laughs> enough to move. Um, but yeah, I think there are players on the defence that we can pick out like Evans that might have an iffy game. But I think Fulton was a really big positive. I think when he was picked last year, there was unknowns of how he's going to be. And last season was a right off of the defence. And he's come out and really shown that, yeah, he could be that player that we were hoping for him to be. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree about the defence in general. I think that we... Kyler Murray's clearly exceptional. Um, he had an incredible game. Some of those plays evading all that pressure. But we were getting pressure. Um, we, I think we, we even sacked him a couple of times, which sounds crazy to say. Um, Bud Dupree didn't look too bad to me. Um, the secondary, yeah, it's not quite right. Um but I think I think it there are signs of improvement. Um, we don't know how far he's going to pan out. We didn't see much of him. Um, but yeah, completely agree. Completely agree about Fulton. Um, Bayard, I'm I'm higher than you are. Um, but I think there's been there have been issues where he's probably been compensating for other <laughs> other issues around him, um, uh-huh. where it's hard to tell. But yeah, I'm, I'm more upbeat about the defence. I think that 38 points doesn't tell the full story. There were 21 off turnovers. Arizona had a lot of short fields. Um, obviously, the Titans didn't. And that was, that was a big part of it. So, sometimes one side of the ball can going bad can hinder the other. Uh, we saw a lot of it the opposite way around last year. Um, that's the way around I saw it week one. Harry, sorry, you were uh, jumping. Yeah, I think Bayard's having to compensate a lot with going against slot corner, uh, slot wide receivers and things like that. And that's just not his game. I think as soon as we get somebody who, you know, Molden got beat early on as well, which probably didn't help Molden's case. But you you look at where people's strengths are, you do that in, in every other facet of life. And in football, I think sometimes we, we force football players to do what they're not necessarily strong at. But it's never going to be a fantastic tackler behind the line of scrimmage. He's never going to be that person that you can, you know, a Jamal Adams type or, or anything like that. And you wouldn't want him to be. You put him in a position like you have with the, the interception where he's shadowing a tight end, a player who he knows is athletically better than, and, a, and forcing the QB to make a perfect pass. You're going to be in business or dropping back in zone. That's where we found the business, you know, him being fantastic in DMP's system to begin with. And if you do that again, with a lot of our players who have some really fantastic fundamentals, 
you'll, you'll, this defense will, will rock the NFL. But it's just finding the way that we can not allow our positional players to be in the, the dodgy situation. I agree with Fulton. He done fantastic this week. Um, dropped forward on one pass where he shouldn't have, but we've all been guilty of that as a, of that as a corner. I know I definitely have been. Um, you know, you see the short man and you just think, oh, I'm going to go nail him and get the interception. Oh. And then all of a sudden the ball's They're behind They're a smaller target as well. <laughs> 100% and you, you feel completely awful as soon as you do it but you understand why he, he dropped forward on that one but no overall I think the defence didn't play badly at all I just think the offence was completely inadequate for, for a lot of it and and also the good point if you're looking for it is that the offence is pretty easy to fix you know we've got some stars we've got some good things and it is just one positional group that if you talk to or if you listen to most NFL podcasts they'll be like Oh, well, the O line is all about coaching and how they're melding together and everything well, like that. If you get that, then we our O line seems to seems to generally improve throughout the year. That's I mean, it looked shaky at the start of last year, so regardless of personnel. So that that does give me hope. Um, so we, well, we'll see. I've uh, jinxed all that probably. Let Let's look. For all we on... know, Chandler Jones might get eighty sacks this year. Well, and it's, <laughs> every team's going to fall victim to it. <laughs> <laughs> That's possible. Um, I don't think JJ Watt will, but yeah, Chandler Jones might. Um, right, the Seahawks. I know that Mars, you've got to go soon. Um, we, in fact, let's hear from let's hear from Russ uh, to to tell us a bit more about the the Seattle Seahawks, who, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who we are going to face in Week Two. Joining us now, we have Russ Milsom of. Long Snapper podcast, Mallover podcast, even Long Leg podcast fame. If you haven't heard Russ on a podcast, what have you been doing? But mainly, we've got him on here as a lifelong Seahawks fan. How are you doing, Russ? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. You know, I'm pretty big deal in the uh, in podcasting circles. You are. This, be, this be those the... my own podcasts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've you've pretty much set them all up yourself. <laughs> but... <laughs> um... Yeah, it's probably the best get we've ever had um, of of everybody that's been on the Transatlantic Titans podcast. This this is the the deer. Um, I love it. But you, we're going to talk about the Seahawks. Um, yeah, I don't really want to talk about the Titans too much. Um, there's there's been far too much of that. Um, it wasn't good. The Seahawks though did look good in Week One um, against did. the Indianapolis Colts. So that's a positive that we took is that the Colts lost as well. Um, how did you see that? Um, are the Seahawks looking fantastic? Were the Colts a bit weak or is it a bit of both? Um, I think there's a bit of both. The Colts weren't as good as I was expecting them to be, especially defensively, I must admit. And thankfully, um, you know, we managed to pick up a couple of O-line pieces in free agency. And if we can keep Russ upright and firing, then we're going to be in a good position. Um, and that seemed to kind of outdo what is, you know, a stellar Colts defense. Um, I thought Carson Wentz was poor. I didn't think that they offered too much around the field. In fairness, the Colts, they looked flat and they weren't, they weren't great. So I think, you know, as I say, overall, it was probably a, a balance of us being decent, but the Colts, they weren't very good. How, how are the Seahawks looking offensively? You mentioned Russ, obviously he, it's what his tenth year in the league, something like that. It doesn't seem to be losing a step based on the evidence that I saw. Um, is he as good as ever? Yeah, I mean he's he's a top five quarterback in in the league. I, I don't think anybody could doubt that, especially the but the issues that the Seahawks have had over the last few years. I mean the the defensive frailties have been well documented, but it's been the O line that's that's been really sort of harmful to Russ because they've not been able to keep him upright. And yeah, yeah, you know, he needs to be on his feet to be able to make plays. And he he is he's the king of of extending those plays out, isn't he? When there's nothing on, he he finds gaps, he shrugs tackles, he, you know, he steps and you know, the more defenders that are getting to him, the the less chance he's got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think there's some O line improvement? Because obviously the Colts have got a pretty fearsome defensive front or they should have we thought they had um but 
Russ, I mean, Russ will escape pressure anyway. Um, but do you think there was some improvement there? Definitely, definitely some improvement. Um, I mean, the likes of uh, Dwayne Brown and uh, Damian Lewis on the left hand side um, stepped up, and they and they're becoming, you know, a bit more of a a force to be reckoned with. And you know, provided Russ has got somewhere to go, he he's going to make plays. So yeah, yeah, you know, that that's the key, really. And the ground game seems to look okay with Carson. Even even well, I was going to say Penny, but he's probably <laughs> yeah. injured already, isn't he? He is. I mean, considering last season we we went out with Alex Collins as a, a starting running back. Um, you know, again, a fit Carson uh, is you know at least top ten NFL running back, fully fit and firing. So, you know, if we can keep him healthy, then then we've got a decent chance because we all know how dangerous our receivers are. How about the defence? I mean, his, historically, the Seahawks, you know, I just think of Legion, Legion of Boom um, going back. <laughs> Mate, at the moment, our backfield is like the Legion of Whom. We're picking up, <laughs> we've been picking up cast-off cornerbacks, left, right and centre, that nobody else wants. And that is continuing to be a bit of a um a weakness a bit of a frustration because because the d-line isn't bad it's not horrific where we've really suffered is is in the secondary and you know and it will continue to be a problem against teams that that like to air it out i think we picked up a a guy called trey brown in in the draft who was supposed to be something a little bit different but he's now on IR with a knee injury. So, uh, yeah, we f- out as well. Oh, sorry, I swore then. Didn't need to swear. <laughs> um, oh, you should have heard Harry earlier. Wow. Um, so, defensively, that, that, that I think is possibly the, the key side of the ball is, you know, look at the Cardinals managed to stop the Titans basically by battering our offensive line. Um, if the Seahawks could do something similar, you'd think you'd have some success. Uh, but if they if they can't get to Tannehill, um, I'm guessing you think it's it's going to be tricky to stop AJ Brown, Julio Jones, um, Derek Henry on the ground. Absolutely, we've got to we've got to get pressure to to Tannehill. Otherwise, uh, we'll be banging we'll be banging trouble. And after seeing some some highlights of the uh, Titans O line performance, I think that uh, cool. you know we've got a decent we've got a decent chance. Um, Bobby Wagner did a great job of getting to Carson Wentz on a number of occasions on, on Sunday as well. So if he can do a, a similar job um, and also um, Dunlap, Carlos Dunlap, if he, if he can do a similar job, then, then we could be in business. Yeah, that that's, that's a concern. I mean, before it, it's weird, like week one happens and everything, everybody thinks they know gets thrown up in the air and, you try to work out what is genuine, um, what you see from teams. You know, the, the Titans looked absolutely abysmal. Are they really abysmal? Well, it's, the truth's probably somewhere in between. Um, but before we saw week one, I would have looked at Titans versus Seahawks and thought to myself, that's going to be, you know, an absolute shootout. Um, you've got two defences, that secondaries in particular, that could be targeted potentially. A lot of new personnel, probably on both teams, as you say, Legion of whom um, we've we've changed a lot of our personnel. Um, but from from what we've seen, um, <laughs> yeah, you could you could stop the Titans scoring a lot of points, and it could be a, a horrible trip to the the Pacific Northwest for us. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm a bit fearful based on based on what I've seen. Um, do I mean I assume you're a lot more confident of a Seahawks win than you maybe were a week ago? Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, I'd like to to back Seahawks against a lot of teams in the league, um, other than the teams that like to air it out, as I say, which which is what worries me in our in our division. Um, seeing the likes of Stafford and uh, Kyler Murray and what they did at the weekend, so. Um, I am a lot more confident than than where I was going into last weekend. That's for certain, and, and partly, I guess, because of how the how the Seahawks looked against Indianapolis, um, without doubt, which looked looked great. Not as as great as it is to see the Colts lose. Um, that's not how you want to see your bet your next week's <laughs> opponents play either. So it's a difficult one. Um, 
What do you reckon for the the season going going forward um, in the NFC West, which is is going to be tough? Well, I just alluded to it there. I mean, after week one, you would you you could quite rightly suggest that the that the NFC West is the strongest, probably the strongest division. Um, yeah. All four teams have a legitimate chance, if you know, depending on how results results go elsewhere, of, of even making the playoffs, which would be you know, I don't know how often that's ever happened where four teams from one division has, has, has actually made it through. It's but, never happened. I can say, well, I mean, it's only a year since they've, it's been mathematically possible. I, yeah. I could, I think it's going to be difficult where, because teams in each division play each other twice. So that's yeah. six games out of your schedule and it's going to be tough. You would think. For I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to argue you'd go three and three in those and then win all your others. Like pretty <laughs> yeah, much. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for for all of them to 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 make it, I mean, looking at it objectively, the Niners are probably the weakest, I think. <laughs> which Rich, which Rich um, from the Long Stuff, I won't like, but I think he, he won't hear this. It's fine. No, that, that's that's fine. So I think I think the Niners are, are ever so slightly the weakest, and that is because of. Um, their running back situation because of, you know, any perceived weakness that Jimmy G might have. And at what point they decide that they're going to, um, they're going to throw uh, Trey Lance in if they did, even if they decide to do. Um, I worry, I worried before the start of the season about Matt Stafford's influence at the Rams. I think that they potentially with that defense and Matt Stafford under center and the common influence that potentially he could bring, um, could see them go all the way to the Super Bowl. I legitimately think that. And after watching uh, Kyler Murray and the the Cardinals against you guys, you know, even in highlights last week, they looked very, very good, e- even with your, you know, particular frailties. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, my my gut feeling is yes, we were terrible, but also cold light of day, the the Cardinals were seriously impressive. It's it is it is going to be the best division in football. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, and yeah, we've got to play them. We've got to play them all. Great. Um, looking <laughs> forward to the rest of that. <laughs> um, before you go, I'm just going to ask you the same question. We ask everyone that comes on, um, who should Titans fans look out for who we don't know? Obviously, we we know about Metcalf, Carson, Wilson, um, even Tyler Lockett from so, <laughs> that display against the Colts. Um, but give us a name that we won't necessarily know. So... I've been mean, giving this some thought. The, the person that I think is probably most obvious is is Dwayne Eskridge. D. Eskridge is our uh, number three wide receiver since um, Moore left over the summer. Yeah. And we picked him up in with our first draft pick, 50, 56. Um, he has had comparisons, which I find a little bit sh- strange, but to Tyreek Hill, he's quite diminutive, but he's very, very quick. And he um, he averaged 213 yards, all-purpose yards last season for West Michigan. That's okay. in receiving and yeah. um, punt returns and kick returns. Oh, okay. So okay. Yeah. Not, not just receiving. So he's got an ability to see space. He's, as I say, diminutive and quick. So he's able to be elusive and evade tackles. And, and I think he gives what he will give us is something a lot different to what Lockett and Metcalf can provide that, that physical presence that they, that they have got. Um, he can, he can be something a little bit different and, and definitely something to look for, look out for. Although he picked up a concussion at the weekend. So I don't even know whether you'll see him. <laughs> That's the insight we wanted. Excellent. Uh, thanks for your time, Russ. Um, good to chat to you. I will wish the Seahawks all the very best of luck from week three onwards. I suspect you may not need it in week two, uh, but go well. <laughs> Cheers, go well. There we go. Um, what do we think ourselves? Miles, you're still here. Um, it's almost as if that wasn't actually 10, 15 minutes in our real time. This is confusing. Um, how, do you, how do you think we're going to get on? Any chance of a win in the Pacific Northwest? This is the beginning of the undefeated run to the Super Bowl. Uh, well... I feel like with Seattle, there's definitely a chance. I do not fear them as much as I fear. I fear Kyler Murray more than I fear Russell Wilson. 
and I fear Hopkins more than I fear Metcalf. And then on defense, I fear Chandler Jones more than I fear. I think what I've looked into is Dunlap, who I'm pretty sure is now 95 on the defensive line for Seattle. <laughs> Jamal Adams is a baller. I have him in my fantasy team. I'd love for him to do well, but he can have a week off. Um, but no, Seattle as a whole are one of them teams. It's like Russell Wilson has one of the most beautiful deep balls you'll see in the NFL. But defensively, I'm a little bit confident with our cornerbacks. So it's sort of like, if we can get a bit of pressure on him and reduce that, I think our main worry is just going to be Chris Carson versus our uh, defensive line. I think they're going to try and run the ball at us and see how they get on. But the the big answer is how we've how we've got on after a week of uh, humbling, in the words of Taylor Luan, on the uh, offensive line. Have they actually been humbled by it and worked on it and worked on? To me, they just need to simplify the playbook a little bit. If they think that they're struggling on a, on the offensive line, then they need to do what Ben Roethlisberger does over in Pittsburgh and design plays where he can dump the ball off and let your talented receivers make plays. So to me, it should have just been a week of, right, how do we get the ball to AJ Brown? How do we get the ball to Julio Jones without having to think, oh, I need to drop back and wait for him to run 40 yards up the field? To me, it's get the ball in their hands and let them do the work. AJ Brown last year, yards after catch, I think was probably number one, maybe number two in the league. So let's give him the ball and let him do things. Let's not worry about oh, can we block these particular players? Let's just get the ball out and just sort of have an easy game of just simple dumping the ball off and letting the defence make stops. And that's how we go one and one onto the unbeaten run. Excellent. Harry, are you... I don't think we're all going to be as optimistic necessarily, um, but this is... We're being... We're trying to be upbeat here, so how are we going to beat Seattle? Yeah, I think... Points that Mars has raised there is really good. Um, I do think, you know, defensively, hopefully, I mean, we didn't think Chandler Jones was much going into the Cardinals game, but here we are. Um, I do think defensively, Seattle probably aren't as strong as what the nation perceives and, you know, especially new NFL fans in the UK perceive because they all still think of Bobby Wagner and the Legion of Boom and, and things like that. I just don't think they're necessarily as, as great. Um, I think if we if we get a lead early, I don't see an issue with the game. If we do what we did against the Cardinals and go ahead, uh, go behind very early days, we could be in trouble the whole way. And I think that's probably a, a message from the last three seasons that I've watched of Titans football. Of if we go behind early, we really struggle in the game. Uh, I think that will just. I just think it's cursed with us. If we can't get ahead and control the clock and start to think about that, then, then we're in, in, in trouble, really. But I expect Henry to have a monster game. He's going to be annoyed about how the whole, you know, first game of the season went. Loads of people predicted him to, you know, break the NFL season rushing record and, and everything like that with the extra game. And if I were him, having the game that I've just had, I'd be fuming. Luan, exactly the same. You know, you look at Julio, who's been called out in the media, which we talked about earlier. I'd be fuming. You know, even defensively, you know, Janoris Jenkins or Jack Rabbit, I'd be fuming. I just wouldn't wouldn't have any of it, really. So, you, you, you hope that there's been a fire lit on them all that then forces the, the offence to and, and the defence to, to really step up and, and go into the West Coast and, and destroy Seattle. Um, it's a longer night for us if it doesn't happen, so I, I hope it does. But um, no, if, if I was them, I'd be looking to change things, literally split and really get on with it, really. You know, that would be the, the way that I'd go. OK, I don't want to predict. I'm not, I'm not going to make a prediction about this because of what my gut feeling is. And I don't think I need to make that public, um, quite frankly. Um, I am terrified about what's going to happen. Greg? <laughs> Yeah, um, the big thing for me that I'm mostly worried about is their deep threat with Lockett. I think the if we can't get the pressure on on Wilson, then he's going to have all the time in the world to find Lockett down the field and make big big chunk plays through that. Because um, I don't think the secondary is there yet for obvious reasons. I want to see Jack Rabbit, not Cack Rabbit. 
I want to see I want to see a much more improved <laughs> uh, plays by you know I think look, Molden is I think it was almost like a, I think probably the game went a million miles an hour for him on on, on Sunday. Um, I think that will eventually get better and slow down. Farley we didn't see anything of whatsoever. Um, Hooker went off injured, which I think is going to be a loss for us. I'm hoping and praying that David Long is back because I think we missed him massively on Sunday. Um, I think his his kind of protection from in the passing game from the linebacker front is 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 the best we've got in the team. And um, I'm not worried about their run game particularly. I think it's going to be those big chunk plays. And we all know Russell Wilson's a bit unpredictable. We all know that he can he can run, but he can't run like like Murray can run. Um, and, I, and not anymore anyway. So I think it's not it's not an impossible task. I am dreading it because I think going from Arizona straight to Seattle and being in Seattle away when they've not had fans in that stadium for so long and the noise is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, I am dreading it a little bit for the offense because that O-line needs to step up and it needs to step up, step up straight away, as we've already discussed. So, yeah, I'm not expecting a win. I'm hoping for a win. But I'm probably in the same boat as you, Adam. I'm, I'm more dreading than, than looking forward to this coming Sunday. Okay. How was how that? Before we get to non-Titans related, I mean, there were lots of reasons for real, really downbeat. Um, we've we've moaned a little bit, um, but you know, we we didn't go really angry. I mean, Harry, you swore you know, our dreamboat. Um, you know, I, I guess that's a sign of it. Um, yeah, we could have gone full AFTV. Know, if you have you ever seen Arsenal fans television and just how how much they lose their rag? Um, do you know what? I, I personally, I personally do not Adam. So if you'd like to maybe, should we should we get a, yeah yeah we've got a, a a correspondent from AFTV um, who is just going to talk about the Titans and Week One and how he felt. Should we hear from him? Yeah, go go ahead. Let's do it. I, I, to be staged at all, so this would be fab. That's up your soul! Brable. Get out! Get out! This club is finished! Finished! How long have I been saying for you to leave? You don't know what you're doing! You're a lost soul, mate! One. Games! Conceded! 38. Zero. Wins. And who have we got next? Seattle. Honestly, I'm sick of it. The performances are terrible. How much have we spent this window? 129 million. On Julio Jones. Honestly, the old people used to shop in Arrods. And now I feel like we're shopping in Show Zone. I'm sick of it. We spent the most in the NFL. To be bullied. Someone said an anti bullying campaign for Kendall Lamb. Because honestly, it got absolutely violated by Chandler Jones. The tactics are wrong. We got as much identity as John Cena. Exactly. You can't see me because there is none. That is one angry, angry dude. Um, I mean, I mean he's, he went a bit far for, for, for my taste. I kind of feel where he was coming from a little bit, but, you know, it's very un-English of us, really, to, to, to go that far and rant on... Uh, a Facebook or, or Twitter or Spotify or however you're listening to this on, you know, I, I do kind of get where it's coming from and I hope people got the uh, very slight sarcasm in it. Also dissing your least favourite team there, Adam. So, I mean, I think it's <laughs> yeah. plus this for you. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if I had something to do with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Non-Titans related. Um, do you know I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Um, I need to, I need to tell you about, uh, and it's I've I've got to be cross with myself. I placed an order with Fanatics. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen um, I I've received some laughable service. So all I want to do is just say if you want some NFL gear or American sports gear, find something reputable and fanatics are the biggest they probably have the best selection uh, but they have no customer service whatsoever find somewhere else having said that um i did because they don't have a twitter feed i did go tag their american outlet um who resolved one of the issues um to be fair but it shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't come to where you have to email a company four times about something you're clearly in the right about and they just 
just say no no we're not going to be reasonable we don't care it's just rubbish and um, customer service is everything and it, it's just worth paying a bit more to get it and the older i get the more i realize that in general I can't there wait to see what your, what your jersey comes back actually saying on it, though. So that's what I'm most. Oh, they finally dispatched that today, so we're going to see. Uh, yeah, I've got the my son's having a, a new jersey. He was that was one of the things about Sunday's game. He was as excited as he's ever been for like the season opener and watched the game with me and like halfway and uh, it was just. And to be fair, I, he, I've, I've got attention. a feel for this. I've, I know. I've really started to like. I even like guests that I serve at work and stuff. You start to look at how their kids are looking at like the parents and that. You're like, oh, I want that, or oh, I don't want that, or whatever it is. And I imagine for you, like the first day that you know your kids really excited about the season and they're like, we've been waiting for this for months, and you're like, you haven't, but I completely understand where you're coming from. You you know you're excited for Titans football. Honestly, it's just got to be soul destroying. Like. Just to be like, this is what you've got to look forward to every so often. Just a blowout where in the third quarter you might start watching another game. This is what we want. That's the thing about this sport, though. It you just don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. Whoever you support, like at any point, um, it's it's just crazy. I mean, that's why we love it because the highs, the unexpected highs, are just as good as the unexpected lows. They really are. Um, Harry, non-tiance related. You're obviously. I can tell you're just. You're just excited about upcoming fatherhood. Um, that might not be what you want to talk about, but um, it's no, going to keep I mean, coming up, and I'm here for it. It's great. It will. It will. I mean, luckily, I think that will subside for you know our ten listeners. Um, you know, for the next little while, we've not got a scan until late this month. So that's when you'll find out when when baby is a boy or girl and everything like that. I'm super excited about that. Um, but my. My main non-times related is really hot takes um, and people who do them on, on a regular basis. Um, I'm not going to mention any Twitter handles. I don't think that's fair. I don't think it's fair to mention any Facebook names or anything like that. Um, but people who just consistently put out hot takes to get a reaction really have started to annoy me. And I saw this in the worst possible light on Sunday because, yes, we were all annoyed. Yes, this wasn't the season start that we thought was going to happen. But then, like we said earlier, there were teams that did far worse than us that thought they were like a shoe-in for the Super Bowl. There were teams that like, and it's not just NFL. I think that's probably wrong of me to say. You know, it's just in life in general. But people who will consistently put stuff out there just to grab a reaction. As, and I don't know whether this is just me maturing, but it's really started to annoy me as a person where I'm like, well, why are you putting that out there? Because you know that you're just going to get a reaction. 95% of it is going to be negative towards you. So what are you aiming to get I think, from this? I, you've literally answered your own question. It's the Piers Morgan mentality of any attention is better than no attention. So just, even, even just, if you don't even believe the rubbish you're putting out there, it's just it gets you clicks, it gets you likes, it gets it really reaction. Like frustrates me more so than anything because you're like well I understand why you're saying it in that moment like you can be annoyed with how Kevin Byard got beaten by a slot wide receiver you can be annoyed by how Kendall Lamb went offside or you know false dies you can get annoyed by this that and the other in a game I completely understand that Taylor the one definitely didn't play his best game in the Titans jersey okay fine like you made your point but don't like put it out there for everyone then to then jump on and be like, yeah, this is the worst decision we've ever made. Like, I agree with what we said. Dennis Kelly is, uh, and this is meant to not be non-tennis related, I'm awfully sorry. <laughs> Dennis Kelly is like a bad call. Agreed. But then, like, the hot takes on it and the hot takes on 500 different things of our season's going to go 0-17. Just boil my beak because you're like, I don't know why you're saying this. Week one, for all we know, Carolina or whoever, or Cardinals, which is definitely what I'm going to say, was like a Super Bowl contender. Like, Kyler Murray could be MVP nailed on right now. 
that's the way it goes. That's the the beauty. Aaron Rodgers is done. He's he's, he's done. Finished. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, just give it a rest. Like, I I really can't be bothered with it. I do get why you put it out there, but that is my non-Titans related. That it really does frustrate me to the point of like, I don't get on Twitter because I can't deal with it. And also, other non-Titans related is videos. I'm gonna struggle to really fill your boots here, Adam. On the on the transatlantic Titans. Is is this uh, you saying live on air that you're going to take it on? Well, you've you've made a big deal of of not not taking it on, and uh, I don't mind if you want to continue it. I think that's your your right. You've done a better job than anyone else ever could have. You know, you are the Chris Chris Wesling of this uh, this podcast, really. You know, not not that you're going to die anytime soon. Hopefully not, but you know, I. Uh, I just I don't think I can fill your boots in in the 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 right way to have that level-headed approach in the in the front of my car. Well, that that's that's why I've always done it the following day. That was always a rule. So it would I'd I'd never do that video the same night as the game. It would be sleep on it, um, and then yeah, Monday morning thing. Um, I, I don't know. I I didn't I didn't honestly I didn't feel like it after. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after Sunday, but um... the one thing I'm going to miss about those videos, or and Harry, you might have to continue this once you once you kick off, is every time that Adam looks down at the clock in the bottom left corner, just to make sure he's not going over the is it two minutes twenty that two, Twitter two minutes twenty, or yeah. it won't upload to Twitter. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Very important. And then as he speeds up, as he realizes he's only got ten seconds left, it was that's what, that was the best part of it for me. I mean, everything else is insightful, but that, that was the best part. When I started doing them, there were sort of like five or six takes sometimes, and in the end, it just got. I think it was partly I got a bit better at working out how to fill the time or whatever, but also it was actually I'm not so bothered. <laughs> just stick it out yeah. there, whatever. You've really rocked it for the last. You know, I've always enjoyed watching them, and I'm. A bit fearful if it is myself. You know, Greg might want to step in. I'm, I'm going to offer that oh, out there it, now. Maybe, maybe it could be like, have I got news for you? Um, and you have guest hosts. Maybe guest it could be hosts. Yeah. I've got a face for radio, so I'll, I'll happily stick with audio podcasts for me. I mean, that that is a big part of this. Um, getting your face out there, Harry. That's what people want to see. So maybe right I think. I've, I've listened to episodes that I've not been in and Dreamboat has been mentioned quite a few times. I've, I've heard I'm on a date with someone who I don't even know. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the whole experience. It's going to be wonderful. There we go. Next year, Love Island. <laughs> in, a um, tit- in a Titans jersey the whole time. <laughs> uh, Greg, finish this podcast off. Okay, cool. So um, my uh, non-Titans related is... Uh, is actually ironically probably a hot take um <laughs> it's to, and it's it's actually you know, as our resident father to be this is something harry i'll be keen to get your uh, your view on but one thing that really annoys me about uh, expectant parents is when they decide to do gender reveals in the in the in the way of uh, a flare slash smoke bomb or whatever the hell you want to call it to tell everyone in the entire world what what sex their baby is um I just don't get like just isn't there certain things you just want to kind of keep quite basic and and a bit more like not stick it all over Twitter all over Facebook and and say to the world look at look at me this is the first time I'm finding out alongside everyone else don't you I don't know maybe it's just me but um, yeah if you've got that planned apologise in advance Harry because that's going to make you uh, look horrendous when when I'm moaning about it but yeah I see him a lot more nowadays and I'm just like I don't get them I really don't get them. <laughs> No, I, I completely agree. There's nothing like we're going for a scan later this month and there's nothing better than finding out just you two and yeah. hastily cancelling yeah. the gender reveal party. Um, <laughs> Harry, I didn't reply to your invite, but it looks like it's not happening now. So I'm not coming. <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I think I can't like, believe you didn't invite Greg. That's that's what's most shocking about this. This is the way, this is the way I'm telling him I'm not coming. I've got an invite. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But I think there's like amazing things about this journey that you go on as a dad and as as a mum, I'm sure. I, I can't really speak for her, but some of it you do kind of want to keep to yourself. And I think the, the age of social media, along with the hot take kind of thing, is that you've got to share it with everyone and you've got to do it. And you don't like just enjoy your life. 
don't bother about whatever everyone else thinks you don't really know like oh i could go on about it for for ages but oh yeah i'm, I'm with you there all for sharing it with close friends close family but there's no way any future child of mine i'm i'm unveiling it's it's gender by putting it all over twitter and i'm sorry to disappoint all of my hundreds of followers um but it's, it's just very it's a weird I'm it's a weird now it's been I'm following now there's no point is there i mean what yeah. else is what's worth it unfollow now make sure you follow at box rage though um so yeah i just i, just, I, don't, I don't get it i've never got it it's one of those really weird things, but yeah, I, I'm glad that you you're with me on this one, Harry, because that would have been really embarrassing if it wasn't. No, you're, you're you're safe. You're safe. Almost as safe as the Titans it is to beat Seattle this weekend. I also I just I just have a very very quick one as well for a non-Titans related, which I'll be really really quick because it's something I noticed this weekend in particular, and I feel like it's it's relevant. Um. I've noticed that it was one in particular Titans fan who, now Titans fan, who halfway through the game or at some point during the game on Sunday decided to switch allegiances from the Jags to the Titans. <laughs> I I'm, 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 don't know if I'm just very English and think once I've got a team, I'm not switching, but I just don't know. Is that just a normal thing I in the US? I serious. As I, saw, I saw this, like the Jags account for unfollowed a load of their, their yes. the people. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. People were moaning um, about them, yeah. Nate Bain got wind of this and started following them all from the Titans account. And so I think that's what's caused that. I don't know if they're serious. It might just be a, a bit well, they, of a they, gap. They only had about 20 followers. This one in particular one only had about 20 followers. They've now got like 180. So I'm like, if you are going to continue supporting the Jags, about 90% of your followers are now Titans fans. So it's going to be a bit weird. But <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know if it's just, I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or genuine, but I just, very English side of me seems to think that's just wrong on so many levels. So I'm hoping it is tongue in cheek, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I think it's, it was pretty amusing either way. <laughs> Always <laughs> but, funny when the Jags are uh, made mockery of it. So. Also, the, whoever does their social media clearly has no sense of humour. Um, Nate, Nate is the absolute goat. The Titans' social media feeds are incredible. We don't say this enough, actually. No. Um, there was something today about there was some I can't remember what the tweet was about. It doesn't matter. And there was just reply, oh, how about getting the how about blocking a bit more? And so, <laughs> so he replied, <laughs> blocked whoever sent that reply. Reply with a screenshot of them being blocked. Just, just you've been. You've been roasted, mate. You know, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. Uh, even even in the face coming, of defeat, you've got, keep to keep, you've got to keep laughing at these things. Yeah. But as, as you say, Harry, nothing is certain as a week two win in Seattle. So the next time we all speak, we could be celebrating that. 100%. One on one, tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>